Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today in our studies in the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4, and we're going to be starting verse number 10 today, which says, And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren, which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. So what we have here is, you know, the Apostle Paul, by using this word and beginning this verse, it's a continuation of what it is that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. This issue of what we see verse 9 was talking about when it says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So it's the issue of continuing on this idea of the love that these individuals understood and that Paul saying that he didn't have to write unto them because they had this understanding and now he's saying and indeed you do it toward all the brethren so they had an understanding and now he's showing how that he knows that they're actually truly demonstrating exactly what it is that they actually had that understanding of. And that's one of those things that, you know, when somebody is studying the Word of God, it's not just, well, let me take it in, say, wait, I grow in my knowledge and understanding, that there's really designed to be an application of what the word of God actually says. You know, that's why we have let's go over to Ephesians chapter number 2 to where we're going to see the apostle Paul here starting at verse number 8 and going down through verse 10. For by grace are you saved through faith and it not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So the issue that the Apostle Paul is bringing up here is that, you know, yes, they have their salvation. It says you're saved by grace through faith. So, they have their salvation because they've put their trust in the gospel message for today. And that gospel message is the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the only gospel that can actually provide salvation to somebody at this time. And he's saying, yes, you have that. And... There is a purpose behind it, and that purpose is that we should walk in the good works which God hath ordained that we should have. 
And so that's where when Paul is talking about these saints here in Thessalonica and the fact that they're demonstrating this love towards these individuals, that he's saying that you are doing exactly what it is that God has intended for you to do as a believer. You know, they have followed that pattern. You know, we're here in the book of Ephesians. Let's turn over to chapter number four to see how when Paul starts talking about these practical things for the, the saints in Ephesus, he starts here in verse number 22, going down through verse 24, talking about how this process is actually going to be demonstrated. He says that he put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the, what we are to do is we are to put off the old man. So we're to put off all the things of the fleshly body that we still walk around in. And we put those things off so that way we can put on the things of the new man, the things that are associated with the doctrine that's been given to us. And we see how Paul, in our verse here that we're looking at, it's talking about how indeed you do it toward all the brethren. So, and when he's saying all the brethren, he's truly meaning that this is being done towards all of those who are identified as being the brethren. So everyone who has put their trust in that gospel message, they're demonstrating that love towards. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for individuals to really do that because what tends to happen is that individuals really put the things of the old man in place and start drawing these dividing lines of, well, you know what, because this person does this or because this person is this, you know, I'm not going to have that same love towards them that I might have towards another individual. You know, Paul doesn't say that we have any degrees in that love of de being demonstrated towards the brethren. It's the fact that they were demonstrating that love towards all the brethren. So they had a care for everyone who was part of the body of Christ. Now we see how Paul, and let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, because we're going to see this discussion here in 1 Corinthians of where the Apostle Paul is describing the idea of, you know, and this is one of those things that man has come up with of wanting to very quickly, you know, say that, I want, I'm going to have nothing to do with an individual 
and coming up with all sorts of excuses on why they're not going to have anything to do with this individual who's a member of the body of Christ, you know, cutting them off from the body. And we see here that the Apostle Paul is going to be using an analogy here to really kind of reinforce the fact of that this is not something that we are supposed to be doing here. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, we're going to start here at verse 16, and we're going to read all the way down through verse number 26. So starting here at verse 16 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and if the ears... Actually, we know we're going to... We'll start, go up to verse 14. It says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Are in those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness? For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, this whole discussion as the Apostle Paul is using a essentially a human body as the demonstration of these truths related to the body of Christ as a whole and talking about essentially how all the members of the body of Christ are necessary that we're to have the same care for all members of the body of Christ and that there is Things of that we cannot do this thing of saying, I have no need of you. Even to the point of where he has to say, and we'll read verse 21 here again. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So, the issue being that the head the Lord Jesus Christ can't say to the foot, you know, essentially would be the lowest member of the body of Christ, that I have no need of you. So if the Lord Jesus Christ 
cannot say to a member of the body of Christ, I have no need of you. How is it that individuals today think that they can make that statement, that think that they can be the ones that say that they are supposed to do this? You know, and so many times it comes down to, you know, it's this very quick thing of, oh, somebody's teaching something that I don't agree with. You know, they're a heretic and mark them and avoid them. Now, if you actually read through the book of Titus, it tells you the thing of that after the first and second admonition, reject them. It's not an immediate thing of, well, I heard that this person is teaching this. So, you know, just avoid them and telling and, you know, running and screaming to tell everyone to avoid this person. So then everyone, you know, without doing any sort of search on their own, just immediately starts avoiding the person. The aspect of to avoid, to truly avoid the person as the Apostle Paul makes that reference to in Titus is the fact that I'm giving admonitions, which means I'm discussing it with them for a long period of time, giving them the opportunity to get into that correct standing of the doctrine, giving them those admonitions as that process is happening. Now, even with that idea of avoid, it's still saying that I'm supposed to have that care and love for them because I can love somebody like a brother and still be avoiding them because of the doctrine that they're teaching. The problem comes in so many times of where as part of that avoiding process that individuals start doing the name-calling associated with it you know and unfortunately sometimes social media is some of the the worst things with that because you know a person is not even seeing the individual or not even actually having a true verbal conversation with them they're just you know hitting a couple keystrokes saying something hitting send and you know then it becomes a thing of where what they're saying is out there for everybody to see. And, you know, one of the things that tends to happen with these things is that the individuals who see this way of interacting, it's the unsaved individuals who see saved individuals acting this way. And, they recognize that this is not how individuals should be functioning. And they see if this is how you function under that doctrine, then it probably isn't a good thing for me to be going under that doctrine if this is what it's going to lead to. That's one of the problems that happens when individuals are not demonstrating that love that's supposed to be there because the reality of things is that a person could actually get themselves corrected 
and get into a the proper standing related to what the doctrine says. You know, we can go over, for example, let's go to Second Timothy chapter number four. And we're going to see as Paul is closing out his last epistle here, that as he's starting to name names of those who have turned away from him, you know, and, and you see that that happen here in verse number 10 of 2 Timothy 4, where he says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. So these three individuals have forsaken Paul because they love this present world. They did not want to have to face all of the negative things that happen as a person is following the doctrine that's been given to us today. And because they didn't want to face those things, they make the decision of I'm going to walk away from this. That way I can have all of the benefits of the of this present world. Then you see verse 11 where it says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, when you look at the example of Mark, and you know that's found in the book of Acts, you see how you know, Mark had been ministering with the Apostle Paul. They faced some opposition, and Mark immediately fled because he didn't want to face those things. And then in chapter 15, when Paul and Barnabas are preparing to visit the assemblies that they had already established to see how they were going. Barnabas wanted to bring Mark with them and Paul knowing what had transpired, knowing that, you know, in his mind Mark was not a faithful individual. You know, he didn't want to have Mark go with them. The division between Paul and Barnabas over this issue, it becomes so severe that they separate and you never hear of Barnabas again. But at the very end of Paul's ministry, you see how Paul describes Mark here and says, he is profitable to me for the ministry. So an individual that he thought was not faithful at that time, later on as the years have gone by, Paul sees that he is profitable. Now, a lot of that is probably the result of the fact that Mark you know, went from just immediately running from things to actually being faithful. Now, Paul easily could have just said, well, you know what, I, I saw that once and I'm not going to, you know, not even going to give him a chance. Paul gave him a chance and saw how he was profitable. And Paul demonstrates that love that needs to be there. We see if we let's go over to the book of Philemon. 
now and we're going to see how Paul's going to describe Onesimus here in verses 10 and 11 of the book of Philemon. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. So Onesimus, who had fled from Philemon and was viewed as being unprofitable, Paul, who runs into him and ministers unto him, gives him the gospel to the point where it says, I have begotten in my bonds, and says he is a profitable individual. So having to you know, remind Philemon of the fact that he is to have that care for him because he's a member of the body of Christ. You know, and you see how Paul, we have looked at that passage before in the book of Galatians about how we're to do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. And how that aspect of things is where Paul is taking this and looking at it of the fact of that Paul is, as he describes himself here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I'm going to read here verse number 16, Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life, Everlasting, and how it is that you know Paul calls himself a pattern for individuals. That pattern, you know, and you know, some people say, well, what exactly is that pattern? Because you know, it cannot be a pattern of salvation that we find over in Acts chapter number 9, because if it was, then we would all have to be waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to appear to us from heaven's glory. The pattern is what we find written in the books of Romans through Philemon. The doctrine that applies directly to us today, that's the information that can be described as being that pattern, the thing of where Paul says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when he says to follow me as I followed Christ, he gives us the information on how it is that he followed the Lord Jesus Christ because we have the doctrine given to us in Romans through Philemon. We have those instructions so we know exactly how it is that we are supposed to be following the pattern which has been laid out. We have this doctrine. We have the things showing us how it is that we are supposed to be demonstrating this love towards the members of the body of Christ and how sometimes the reality of it is 
that we just need that reminder at times to remind us that this is how it is that we're to be living our life because it becomes very easy for us to forget those things because we just get wrapped up in how the world system works. We forget how the doctrine that's been given to us tells us that we are supposed to be living our life. We need to always focus on the fact that we have that doctrine and that pattern that tells us exactly how it is to live our life during this present evil world. Now, as we close here, I always like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some audio files of previous messages that were, you know, and these were preached you know, a number of years ago. We have information on how to join our Sunday and Wednesday services live as they're broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything that you read on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.